following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. Your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. This week, joining us, we have David Howe coming to us from somewhere in Florida. He is St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Thank you, Tom. He's a longtime friend of Tom's. And uh, spiritual advisor of sorts. No, not of sorts, for sure. Without doubt. Yeah. All right, Tom. He keeps butting in. I'd just let him start doing his own intro. Yeah, that's fine. No, where would I be without you? I got to have you. All right, anyway. (laughs) My good friend, David Howell, uh, that has been, to me... uh, you know, an incredible anchor in difficult times is from uh, originally from Miami, Florida, grew up in a large family, um, basically uh, got a word from the Lord to move uh, himself and his family. I guess at that point it was just his wife, uh, Susan, up here to central Kentucky, Madison County, uh, he's a, a masonry expert. He uh, formed a company called The Rock Company and uh, uh, lived outside of Richmond, built his family and his, his business over time up here and uh, specialized in, uh, I guess, residential and commercial uh, masonry as well as stone and block uh, and you know, they just built their lives here in central Kentucky and uh, has recently, in the past couple of years, he and Susan have moved back to Florida there in St. Augustine. But he has uh, a real presence here in central Kentucky, which continues. His son, Andrew, uh, now runs the company in, in the masonry business. But I think more important, is his life in the Lord and in Christ. And that is what has been such a blessing to me. And David, I just, uh, thank you for doing this. Um, you know, you take it where you want to, if you want to talk about, uh, how you came to the Lord and, uh, that sort of thing, or you can talk about the masonry business if you want to, it's, it's up to you. But, uh, at some point, I do want to read this this uh, thing that you wrote, but go ahead. Well, I just first want to say these kind of interviews are kind of like reading the scripture. Uh, you take the life of Abraham, and you can read his whole life in about a half hour, and it seems like there's these huge things going on through his whole life, but 
in reality, most of his encounters with God were like 13, 25, 30 years apart. But when you read it, it seems like they just all run together and it's total ecstasy. But, but all lives are fairly brutal. <laughs> and uh, we, we have highlights in high places. But for every high place, there's a valley. And um, I just wanted to just say that in in, in opening. So I, I, I'm I'm just an ordinary, struggling human being, trying to live my life out in a way that's pleasing to God. And um, that's that's all I know. That's my journey. So. Um, Tom, you kind of, what, what you want me to go? I can go. Well, uh, just, talk about uh, where you were, what you were doing when you came to the Lord and how it happened. Okay. Well, just briefly, I was, my grandfather was a Methodist pastor and my dad uh, grew up in the Methodist church and, and uh, he, my grandfather traveled all over the circuit of mainly Florida and some in Georgia. But I grew up in a household. My dad had 12 kids. I had seven sisters, and there's five of us boys. My dad was a was a consummate preacher. He's always preaching everybody, but he but he had to make a living, so he made a living laying blocks of brick in Miami. And uh, I, I started out when I was five, working for him, spreading mud, a little tiny trowel. But I I uh, I got lost. Um, I couldn't I couldn't do the right thing. And, you know, it, at 14, I had an encounter with the Lord, and I came back from the meeting and sat down next to my girlfriend. I looked up at God, and I looked down at her, and I looked up at God, and I looked down at her. And finally, I just looked up at God and said, God, who, who, are you, who am I kidding? I want her more than you. And I, and I just walked away from God into total, total garbage for the next uh seven years and in my journey you know through the whole hippie scene and all that stuff i would always encounter the lord the lord would always he would meet me and it at the oddest times and the craziest places and i could talk i could share so many i might get lost in it but but it it all came to a crescendo when I when I uh, met a man in an apartment complex that I was living with and li- living in at the time in Miami on down on 144th Street, and his name was Mike Mike Candela, and uh, he had this great scheme. He had his friends and all over the place, but we were going to bring in this pile of cocaine from South America. Buy this catamaran. We're going to live happily ever after with our girlfriends, except God had another plan. In the middle of it, uh, Mike got executed. He was found uh, sorry, by some hunters in the woods. He had three bullet holes in the heart, two in the neck, two in the temple. And that didn't bring me to God. It just brought me to an end. And uh, God was merciful to me 
and he 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 brought me to himself. And I there again, it's a long story, and I'm trying to trying to make it short. But uh, it, it, it basically came down to one night when when I was in my apartment alone, and and uh, I didn't know what to do. I knew I should have been in the ditch next to Mike, but but for some reason God spared me, and, and I didn't know what to do, and I just kept trying to figure out what to do, where do I go? And then all of a sudden, from the depth of my heart, there came a cry, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. It, 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 at, this, at this time, while I was there, I had this encounter, a, a dream. It, it, and in the dream, it, when I was awake, it, it, it's hard to know what it really was. But, 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 it, but it, it, there was... I was looking on this scene that was surrounded by woods and there was this windy road going back to this house. And as a scene, as I drew near to the scene, this old man stepped out of this porch into the center of this field. And I caught his eye and I could see into the very depth of his being. I knew he was 80 years old. I knew he'd lived this whole life. And he was just burnt out, ready to die, and he had nothing. And all of a sudden, I knew that old man was me. And, and, and I just started screaming, God, I don't want to be that old man. I don't want to be that old man. And at that point, I just turned and just started crying out, Jesus, Jesus, at the top of my lungs. I had long hair down on my butt. I had the apartment with the the flag on the ceiling and the dingbats and the demon coming out and leads up and blasting. But I, but I just said, Lord, I'm yours from now on. I'm going to follow you. And God began to take me by the hand and it would be long periods, maybe three weeks. And I would just get one little sign. Yeah, I'm going the right way. Another little sign. Yeah, I'm going the right way. And, uh, I didn't know anybody else that was a believer at the time, but, but the Lord began to lead me, and he led me out of darkness into his light. And Tom, uh, jump in. I don't know where to go. I can get okay. Here. Uh, <laughs> talk about what you began to learn. Who was your teacher? I, and we know the Holy Spirit is our teacher, but who did? where did you start getting fed? You know, what? What parts of scripture were you reading? What, you know, or, or, or just kind of get into that. Well, it, it, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I didn't know what to do. But one, 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 one night I just said, God, what do I do? And, I, and somehow I knew I needed to get my hands on a Bible. So I went down to this Bible bookstore. This is, this is in, 1974 and you got a, I've got long hair. I have a Harley, you know, I'm, I'm I work like a dog as I work for my dad, but, but I don't, you know, and I walk into this Bible bookstore. It's I knew, hey, I knew your dad. I bet he loved the long hair. <laughs> oh boy. Did he have, have, did we, we had some battles, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I walked in this Bible bookstore and I bought this paperback 
Amplified Bible and walked out, stuffed in a brown paper bag. I felt like an eight, a sixteen-year-old kid buying a beer, and I was, <laughs> you know, what to do if anybody saw me. And I, and I went. But that, oh, that's but that, funny. Go ahead. Well, that not that night, uh, I opened that book, and I hated to read. I would never read. My philosophy was, I'm going to go live it. I'm not going to read about some, what somebody else did. But that night, I opened that book up, and. Uh, it was like eight o'clock. The next thing I knew, it was two o'clock in the morning. Wow. I read that book for four hours straight, and that was one of the signs. I knew something was happening. You know, I did, when I, when I surrendered to the Lord, I didn't feel saved. I didn't feel squat. I didn't feel nothing. The only thing I knew was that for the first time in my life, I was heading towards God and not running from Him. That was the only thing I knew. You know, and, and, and that's that's how I started out. And I, it, it, it's so hard because there's so many places I can go and, and uh, to share. But that's the way it started out, by just burying myself in the Word and crying out to find pl- the place where I belong. And I'd go to church after church after church after church, trying to listen to radio stations and stuff, trying to find where I belong in uh one 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 weekend, I'm just crying out, God! I go to these churches, and all these good people are there. I'm not good. I'm not. I can't do that. There's got to be somebody like me. And then one one weekend, I, I went into my bank, and um, when I walked in the bank teller, there was this guy named named Jim. And the last time I seen him was two years before this, and we were getting high in my house. In, down in Cutler Ridge where I live. And when I saw him, I remembered that night. And that night, when we were all stoned out, Jim started telling me about this meeting they had in his house where people would raise their hands. And here we are sitting around this, this table in my kitchen. And when he tells me about these people that raise their hand worshiping God, the Holy Spirit fell on me in my stupor. And I got so excited that I wouldn't say anything to him. But after Jim left that night, I drove around the, that area looking in all the windows trying to see people raising their hands. So what? So two years later, I see Jim in the bank, and I remember that night. And I want to say, Jim, where's that place you were telling me about? But I was too, I was still too prideful. I didn't want to say it. And I left the bank, and I went, started driving home, and I was just so under conviction. I did a U-turn in US-1 and drove back to the bank. Jim had left. He'd gone off for some reason. He turned around, came back. He came in one door. I came in the other, and I said, Jim, I have to tell you, I'm walking with God. Where's that church you, you told me about those two years ago? And he said, David, I'm going there tomorrow night. You want to meet me down there? So that's how I got into the place. When I walked in the door to this, it, wasn't, it was an old barn. It was converted to a church. They, used to, they called it the glory barn. But when I walked in the door... The presence of God fell on me. And I just began to weep and weep and weep. It's like, ah, <laughs> this is what I've been after. It's you, Lord, your presence, you know. And I was at home in the presence of God. And I, I, I grew up in that, that church for the next few years. Uh, actually, that was 2000, I mean, uh, 74 to 1980. Uh, in 82 when we moved to Kentucky. That's how I, I got started, and God just, just led me marvelously through those years, training me and teaching me. 
but uh, one one of the things, the big thing for me, and everybody has a, a, a Achilles heel. The Achilles heel for me was trying to find my wife. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I, that was the next question. <laughs> the one God made for me. Yes. It once once I realized when I surrendered to the Lord what I what I surrendered to Him. I said, Lord, I'm going to give you my heart, and I'm never going to give my heart to another woman as long as I live. If you give her my heart, that's okay. But I won't give her anymore. And I surrendered to the Lord. I thought if I surrendered my life to the Lord, that the, the, the girl he would get for me would weigh 250 pounds, be full of pimples, and have a 400-pound Bible under her arm. That's what I thought, thought you know, my image of what God would give me if right. I really give him my heart. And, and, and I said, Lord, even if you bring her to me, she's 240 pounds or whatever, you know, that's your choice, not mine. So anyways, yeah. I, I, I surrendered that. I really did. And, um, and I didn't, I didn't date. I didn't, uh, touch another girl, kiss another girl, uh, till the day I met Susan, not the day I met her, but <laughs> you know, after I met her, but, um, that, that's a, a neat, a, a long story if I tell it. So I don't know if I should get into that or not, how I met her, but, um, you can tell whatever you want, David. We get, we okay. got about five more minutes in this section, so. Okay. Well, I, at the time, I was actually living with my pastor, and I was associate pastor of the church. I was uh, doing a lot of stuff with church, one of the leaders in the church, and his 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 wife got sick. He was going to a conference that he was going to do, teaching on the gifts of spirit in Tampa, and. Um, because his wife got sick, he had an extra ticket. So he said, David, why don't you come with me for that weekend? And so I did. And at, at the dinner that is that the pastor who the, the host church, uh, was having, Susan was there barbecuing for us the, the night. And that's, that's how, that's when I met her. I'd previously met her at a wedding in Tallahassee, but it was only for a short time. I never got her name or phone number or anything. So this was like six months later that I, I re-met her. And, and uh, the night that that I met her, when I went back to sleep that night in the hotel we were staying in, I laid there, and the Lord said to me, David, pull up your checklist and put it up next to Susan. And man, when I did, and every man, every woman has a checklist. <laughs> and when yeah. I put it up next to her, I just wet, 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 because she so far exceeded every dream I ever had. And uh, and God, you know, that's 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 briefly how we met, you know, and um, we began to hit her the past of her church would like take a vacation and then my pastor, their best friends would take a vacation and I'd go together with them. We went to Vero beach one week and she would come down to Miami, uh, from time to time. And we got to know each other. So I finally realized she, you know, it's time to ask her to marry me. 
So I did. And she said, yes, thank God. <laughs> yeah. That's... So that was, go ahead. There's just so much I could say. I just got to cut it short. So we have a long, so. well, in the next, um, half of the show, I'm going to get David to comment on one thing that David hasn't told you yet is that he has, uh, has a very deep and very thorough walk with God on a daily basis of prayer and scripture study. And he writes things that he sends out to his friends, um, that are very helpful. And, uh, from time to time you get the, this sort of, I don't know, it's, it's like a meditation that, that comes from him. And, uh, so we're, we're going to read one of those in the next, uh, section and Elizabeth's putting the hook on me here. Actually, that was the expand a little bit more, but I can cover for you. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show, coming to you from the Dupree Studios on Main Street in Lexington and from St. Augustine, Florida. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group. You've been listening to Tom and David Howe. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of our one and only hour this week. Stay tuned. about contests on this station go to wlap.com it's what has everyone talking the most trending news at the top and bottom of the hour on news radio 630 wlap hi this is tom dupree if you've been listening to mainstream media you might have deduced that our new president has been decided and that there are no remaining questions but the facts are much different There are ongoing legal challenges alleging vote fraud in multiple jurisdictions. The legal options for those making those claims are far from exhausted, despite media claims to the contrary. If you would like to stay informed about these developments, I'd advise you to follow Newsmax, One America News Network, War Room Pandemic, and the website of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show. These are good places to start to get alternative views on what is happening. And also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com from 7 to 9 Saturday morning. Our iHeartRadio Music Festival brought the biggest artists in music back together for two nights of live performances you'll never forget. They plugged in and played loud. Superstar collaboration, powerful performances, iconic covers, state-of-the-art virtual technology, while iHeartRadio listeners experienced it all live as it happened from the first-ever video fan wall. See for yourself. Watch our must-see iHeartRadio Music Festival Thursday at 8 on The CW Lexington. I grew up in a small country town. Moving to the big city allowed me to find my crew and fit in. But with the good times came concern. When several of my friends tested positive for HIV, I knew I needed extra protection. I found it in PrEP, a daily pill that can prevent HIV. I'm Cree. 
I take PrEP, and I'm ready to prevent HIV. Ready, Set, Prep provides PrEP medications at no cost to those who qualify. Visit GetYourPrep.com to get started. Moms will do anything to keep their kids safe. That's why every time we get in the car, even if it's just to the corner groceries, we play the seatbelt game. Whoever fastens their seatbelt first wins. Usually it's Sarah. I call her the fastest click in Kentucky. Her big brother may get his pride bruised, but at least I know we're all safe. Be safe, Kentucky. Buckle up and put the phone down. Paid with funds through the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. Gloomy conditions for the most part on this Saturday. Mostly cloudy skies. A shower or two is a possibility. We'll see a high topping out only 40 to 45 degrees. Another system rolls in tonight and Sunday with a period of some light rain and light snow possible. Highs upper 30s to around 40 on Sunday. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Chris Bailey. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. While millions of Americans are focused on staying safe, now is the time to take inventory of the prescription medications in your home and keep them safe too. Gather any of your unused or expired prescription medications and store them securely until it's time for all of us to join the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration and take them back. This is one crisis we have the power to control together. Clean out, secure, and safely store your medicines today. For resources and to learn more about what you can do, visit DEATakeBack.com. Hindsight is 2020. 2020 was a brutal year with a lot we couldn't control. Pandemic, economy, unemployment. What can we control? Our job, our career. In 2020, My Computer Career helped more people start IT careers than ever. Don't look back with 2020 hindsight next year and see yourself in that 2020 job. Take control. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. Newsmax TV. Everyone's talking about it. 30 million people are watching Newsmax for real news on President Trump, Biden, the election, and more. And make sure you vote in Newsmax's national poll asking if President Trump should concede. Just text VIRUS to 39747 and vote instantly. That's VIRUS to 39747. Watch Newsmax for great shows on major cable systems and free on Roku, YouTube, smart TVs, and more. Vote about Trump. Text VIRUS to 39747 today. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. If you've been listening to mainstream media, you might have deduced that our new president has been decided and that there are no remaining questions. But the facts are much different. There are ongoing legal challenges alleging vote fraud in multiple jurisdictions. The legal options for those making those claims are far from exhausted, despite media claims to the contrary. If you would like to stay informed about these developments, I'd advise you to follow Newsmax, One America News Network, War Room Pandemic, and the website of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show. These are good places to start to get alternative views on what is happening. And also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com from 7 to 9 Saturday morning. 630 WLAP.
Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for the second half of our only hour this week. We're getting preempted by, I believe it's the Gator Bowl. So we're going to jump right back into it with Tom and David Howe. I'm going to read something that David wrote back in 2008. I saw people sliding down what looked like a hill. I then realized it was the earth and it was flat and the almighty's hands were tilting it. The people were heading for the edge. Some are scratching and clawing and trying to get a foothold. Others have dug in and anchored, but they are turning red and getting angry as time went on. They were holding on to old belief systems, traditions, old understandings, everything that once made them secure in their walk with God. Issues like women in leadership, tithes, finances, borrowing money, owning buildings, 501c3s, donations, paid pastors, Sunday meetings, Sunday schools, missions, one man, strong man, CEO type leadership, the whole landscape was changing. Everything was being sifted as though it was all thrown into a pan through the hands of a great gold miner. Everything was shaking. What are family values anyway? The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God shall rise from the smoke and ashes. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I saw a large room full of church manuals and organizational documents and doctrines. They were thrown on the floor, torn, disheveled, dusty, abandoned in a pile. Lying on top of them was the word of God. And Jesus stood with his foot on top of the word. His eyes were flaming and his sword was drawn. He said, no longer will my people be held in bondage. To the minds of man, the spirit and the bride screamed out, yes, salvation has come. Jesus replied, truth reigns on the earth. The truth shall set you free where the Lord and the spirit reign. There is freedom even unto death. They will follow the lamb wherever he goes. Then. A great number stood up and dusted themselves off and walked back up the hill towards the mountain of God where Jesus was standing. I don't know why you sent that back out because you wrote that in 2008 and it's 2020, but you sent it back out just here recently and uh, there must have been something in it that uh, moved you about where we are in the earth today expound on it if you will well it's, to me it's 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 pretty obvious like i said in 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 my walk in my simple little journey chasing after the god of heaven he lets me see his fingerprints along the way just to know that my feet are still on his path. And this is, this, it was obvious when I, I, I was, I go back, I, I write every morning uh, something 
it's not really journaling. It's just when I get all done with my times along with God, you know, I just, the highlight of it is I just, I take about a sentence and I just pour out my heart to the Lord. And it's, it just, somehow I'm able to express my heart to him through writing at the end, like a synopsis of everything. But sometime during my times of the Lord, he'll, he'll, I will just start writing. I, and, and I will hear 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 this, and I you know that morning at four thirty or four forty, whenever it was back. I I just heard this, so I just started writing it down. I don't know what to do with it. I just write it down and I just tuck it away. And then then uh, some time later, the Lord will say, "Remember what you wrote? Go send it out." And so I'll go send it out. You know, I you know it's like to me, my responsibility is just to hear and obey and do it. So. That, that's what this was, but today it was obviously all year long. I could see this happening, and, and really before, and, and I think it's really just beginning. Honestly, I, you know, everybody says I want to go back to normal. I want to go. There is no normal from here on out till we hear the trump of God sound. Um, let me ask you something. You read Revelation pretty closely. Uh, that. Uh, the reference in there where they will follow the lamb wherever he goes, that's referring to the 144,000 uh, Jewish converts in Revelation. Is, is that correct? Well, it's, it's to me, it's referring to everyone who knows him. Right. Uh, because in as we approach the, the, the final uh, of, of God's plan before he returns. It, the only thing we're going to be able to hold on to is him, him alone. Everything else is going to be meaningless. And uh, th that, that cry, you know, uh, they follow the lamb wherever he goes. He's all, he's all they want. He's all they see. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. He told us that, but we don't get it. We want to take our, drag our little gods along with us and, and build our little castles along. But he is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. There's no life outside of him. And he's trying to, to awaken us to realize that because in him is the fullness of life. And, and uh, that that, you know, that's the essence of the end time. These people are just staggering drunk in love with Jesus. Right. They don't care about food, drink. If you read the scriptures, you find out that in the last days before Christ returns, the heavens are being filled up. And the sea of glass is being filled up with the lovers of God who are being martyred night and day. There's thousands and thousands of them. They don't care. That's their greatest day. That's what they've been living yeah, for. Exactly. And, and, but but that's not looked at. That's not taught. That's not addressed. What what's taught is the rapture and let's get us out of here without a scratch. Well, that's totally unbiblical. No one who really examines and reads the word of God can can believe in a rapture that's there's Jesus is not coming back two more times. He's only coming back one more time. 
He's not going to come sneak his people away like a bunch of cowards. He's going to lead them through the greatest days of all the earth. It's when the whole earth is shaking and everything's falling and nothing can be seen except Christ. And, 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 and he's going to lead us through those days. And it, it's the most exciting time of the whole earth. It's the finishing act of all the earth. And, and if you read through Revelations, people don't read Revelations for years. The church wouldn't read Revelations. Uh, and they wouldn't let, let their people read. But the book of Revelation is one thing. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It shows who he is, not not the wounded man on the cross, but the resurrected king of the universe in charge of all life and all movement of all kingdoms forever. He, he's ruling over, over the end times. He's the one who raises up the Antichrist. He's the one that releases the, uh, the, the things from the pit that come up and devour the earth. He's in charge. Right. And um, it's absolutely exciting if you know him and your life to surrender to him. <laughs> you know, there, there's a, I, I, I'm not sure it's a theology, but it's, it's a, it's a way that people think about Jesus when he came to the earth, they think, well, he was God. So everything he went through, you know, he went through as God, so it didn't hurt him that much. And, you know, that they he he had to do what he did as I read it, uh, and as I read scripture, he did what he did as a man, absolutely fully human. So he had to submit his will to God, which didn't come normal. If it did, if, if, if it was totally in his DNA to be God, he would not have needed to go up on the mountain and pray. He would have, he would not have needed to be baptized and filled with the Holy spirit or do any kind of thing that would have humbled him because he would have already been fully perfect. <laughs> Why did he need to have spiritual disciplines? Because he had to submit his flesh to that discipline in order to come into his destiny. That's right. That's right. Yes, Jesus was fully God, but he was fully man. For sin for Jesus would have been to reach that back into his nature as God and walk on water because he was God. He walked on water because he was a man and because the Holy Spirit told him to walk on water, so the Holy Spirit gave him power to walk on the water. Right. He did it as an obedient servant, and and uh, the scripture proves that out over and over again. When 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 the, his first miracle it, it, at the wedding in Cana, uh, I believe Mary heard that morning from the Father. She saw that today was the day that that the Father was going to reveal who His Son was, and so. When they ran out of wine, the, welling, the wedding celebration, she went up to Jesus, having seen from the Father that today was a day, and said, hey, Jesus, change your water to wine. What did he do? He turned and rebuked her. He said, get behind me, woman. My time has not come yet. 
Why? Because he had not yet seen what the father was doing. He was just going to a wedding. But after Mary left, she was so sure she heard from the father, she went around and told the servants, said, hey, servants, you see that guy over there? Listen, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So about a, a little while later, the father reveals to Jesus, see those four pots are like 35, 40 gallons. He said, go fill them up with water. So he, he knew it was the time. So he told them, and they could fill the water with wine. We know what happened. And by the way, it wasn't grape juice. It was wine. It was the best wine. Yeah, it was the best wine. <laughs> so any, anyways, but he did it as a man. Obedient. He had to come and fulfill what Adam copped out on. Right. He had to do it as the second Adam. Yes. He had to walk in obedience to the Father, not turning to the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or his his knowledge as God, reaching back into his God nature and doing things out of out of his power as God. He had to do it as a man listening to the Father's voice and counting on the Holy Spirit to empower him. The, there's, there's many many texts you can prove that out with. It's true. It's just absolutely true. Yeah. Um, Jesus preexisted his own human existence, obviously, and was involved in the making of the worlds. But he could not become Lord which is a difference than what he was before until he gave himself up for the sins of mankind, died, was buried, and raised again. That was when he ascended to lordship. That's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. And and what he's after, there's many people that have encountered with God. And God encountered me many times before I ever surrendered and made him Lord of my life. But what he's after, he's after the hearts of men to surrender to his lordship. He cannot demand it. He will not demand it for them. He will on judgment day, for every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Uh, But until then, he's wooing the hearts of men to voluntarily give their lives to him. Okay, Dave. Go ahead. Yeah, we got about. No, and I just. We got about five minutes. I've been talking about the elections. You have seen some things, or felt you saw some things. Do you want to talk about that? I'll I'll just tell you what I saw, and I don't try to explain it. I don't try to figure it out. I don't try to make it happen. But after the election, I was just praying, talking to the Lord. And as I was talking to him, I saw Joe Biden running down this track, this dirt track, heading towards the finish line. And the the tape was across the line. And as he ran towards the finish line, he reached out to grab the tape, and he did a face plant. His face went in the dirt. He turned over, digging dirt out of his nose, but he never crossed the finish line. And every time I see this election, every time I see all the different stuff, the chitter-chatter on both sides, I just say, Lord, I saw what I saw. You're the Lord. Have your way. Have your way. (laughs) 
All right, that's good. Um, okay, we we got a little more time. Uh, do you want to? Let's see. We got about four minutes. You want to talk about Israel? You want to talk about Saint Augustine? <laughs> Whatever. No, let, 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 let me let, let me let me. You know, people look at me. I, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty vocal. I don't hide my relation to the Lord. I love to broadcast it. But but I, I spend my mornings uh, uh, alone with God. Uh, my normal time is from four uh, at four o'clock, four to six, before the sun comes up. But it, people, when you say that to people, people think, oh, man, he thinks he's some holy guy. No, it's not because I'm holy. It's because I know I am totally unholy. I know that, that, that I need God. I cannot take him for granted. I love being in his presence. I love talking to him. I love reading his word. I love just sitting and waiting on him. And I love just being with him. He's my life. He's everything. You know, uh, I I, I told uh, an old lady one time, I was talking to her, and I said, listen, you don't want to go to heaven. Believe me, you don't want to go to heaven. Because the only thing there is Jesus. He's everything. He's the sun. He's the moon. He's the light. He's the ocean. He's our food. He's everything. You want anything but him. But, but, but he is supposed to be our everything now. And, you know, I don't do this kind of stuff because I think I'm something spiritual. I do this. I can't help it. I'm compelled. I love him. And I, I love, you know, living my life for him. And I intend to do it the best I know how. To the day I die, and, and the, the goal is not being some superstar. The goal is when we stand before God on Judgment Day, which every man, every breathing human will do. And the question that will that you will have to answer is not what did you do for God. Is it did you do what He told you? And if you don't spend time with Him, if you don't know His ways and know His heart. You haven't got a clue what to do. So you go about doing all this busy stuff, and that's not what he's after. He's after us being obedient, just like Jesus. Jesus could have healed thousands of people, but he only healed a few. One here and one there. Sometimes he healed everybody in the city, but not every time. He was obedient to the Father, and that should be our goal, to be obedient to him, to please him. It doesn't matter for the superstar, the head of the corporation, or the, the day laborer working for eight forty nine an hour. It's it's obedience to the Lord. That's what we're that's that's the, that's what we're that's, that's what we're living for. That's right. So, and the only way you achieve that is by you hearing His voice, and you have to get. It, it's a thing you have to practice. You got to spend time with Him. And David, I appreciate you doing this today. Uh, uh, your voice is powerful, and uh, thanks for thanks for being on today. It's my, my privilege. But... Okay, Elizabeth is cutting us both off here. No, I'm not. You were wrapping it up, so I'm jumping in. Close the first <laughs> show out of 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. Stay tuned for the pregame show for the Gator Bowl that's coming up in just a few minutes. Make sure and check out 
our website, DupreeFinancial.com, where you'll find other podcasts of the Tom Dupree Show. Our prayer for you is a peaceful and prosperous 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll be talking to you next week. Same time. Next week, we'll have two hours, though. We hope to talk to you soon. <laughs> this is the Tom. D- He's laughing at me. He is laughing at me. This is the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Coming to you from the Dupree Studios on Main Street. Have a great week. Violent mobs. September. Disperse immediately. 2020. America's economy is coming back. 1.4 million jobs added. The West is literally on fire. Cleaning floors. Supreme Court justice. The names we've heard are not even close. 200,000 Americans passed away from COVID-19. Israel, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain. In 2021, hear history again. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. If you've been listening to mainstream media, you might have deduced that our new president has been decided and that there are no remaining questions. But the facts are much different. There are ongoing legal challenges alleging vote fraud in multiple jurisdictions. The legal options for those making those claims are far from exhausted, despite media claims to the contrary. If you would like to stay informed about these developments, I'd advise you to follow Newsmax, One America News Network, War Room Pandemic, and the website of the Eric Metaxas Radio Show. These are good places to start to get alternative views on what is happening. And also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com from 7 to 9 Saturday mornings.